And welcome back to Meeting of the Minds. Today I'm here with a very special guest, Bob Dallas from Dartmouth College Tennis. Thank you very much for joining us, Coach. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Great. Yeah, so tell us, during this time, we know things are very crazy. What are your athletes doing to improve? Um, they are trying to do some visualization. Um, they're been able to get into, I think for all of them, pretty good routines. Um, you know, for us, we're still in school. So what they've, what I think all of the athletes have done is actually taken a, a, a pretty heavy course load this, this term, because they knew they were going to have maybe a little more free time. Um, so I think the, the biggest the two biggest things has been getting into a routine, doing a little bit of visualization. Again, we, we put together a script and asked them to, to look at things that bothered them and, and see if they could get over the things that bother them, um, as well as within that script, seeing themselves being successful, uh, closing matches out, you know, working on a stroke. Um, and then from a, you know, a physical standpoint, kind of doing what they can do you know our players are all over the country so some have access to being outside and being on a track and a, and a weight room and you know being being able to be you know pretty good that way and others are at home and hopefully getting outside to to go for a run so um Absolutely. Tell me about that script a little bit more. Now, do you design that for them? Do they design it for themselves? Does that work? So we, we, we put together some parameters of both ask them to, to look at what are things you want to work on was the first thing. And then the second thing was, um, what what gives you a hard time in a in a in a match and then we ask them to describe that situation you know in writing and then they then they were able to to write that script down um and, and then we we went over it with them you know individually saying okay let's let's tweak this here uh is that is this what you really meant when you were saying that? Um, so, and 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 then the initial thing is, we went over it with them a little bit to say, okay, can can you visualize? Um, and visualization, relaxation, you want to say meditation? Those are things that we've we've done a little bit throughout the year. So it wasn't something that was sort of brand new um so we, you know so certainly you're going to have a little bit more time on your hands to take this opportunity to do this right absolutely now as you said you guys took them through does does each athlete do you have you have multiple coaches do you all go through with them together each athlete or is it more one coach it, per? it, it was me one-on-one -on -one. okay um, so and just sort of, and we just did that in a, in a phone call when they now are home, 
sort of taking a look at their script um, and making sure that it, for them that it made sense. And that was really the thing that they were, you know, maybe struggling with. And also, like I said, trying to do things also that they do well. Um, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a big believer. If you, if you know what you do well, if you know what your strengths are, um, that's, that's an area that then you can create a little bit of confidence. Um, that's something that you can then go back to when you're struggling a little bit. Um, and that's true whether it's, whether it's your mindset or whether it's a stroke. Um, and that's something that we talk about, again, a lot with them as a team and a lot with them as individuals um, is, hey, what do you do well? What are your strengths? What's your favorite shot? It's for all, 30 all. What are you going to do? Um, so. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. And we preach that constantly to our athletes. I love how you have them actually put it down on paper, uh, the adversity situations and how they're going to deal with it, because a lot of athletes know what they're going to do technically, but they don't necessarily have a plan for how they're going to recover mentally. So step one is having that plan. And like you said, step two is actually putting it down on paper so then they could review it themselves and, you know, maybe other people could look at it, too, and say, hey, maybe try this or more of that. So that's great. And, and, and something else we, we also did say is we did work on visualizing recovering from failing to do what you want to do. Kids, kids right. you know, their script was, hey, I, I want to get better at closing out a set or closing out a match at 5-3 or 5-4. Okay, well, now what happens? Visualize not closing it out and recovering from there and see how well you are at accessing those feelings, whether it's anger, whether it's fear, whether it's nervousness, and how do you get over them? Because it's going to happen. Absolutely. No, I love it, Coach. That's, that's a big thing. A lot of people, when they think of visualization, they're either just thinking about performing well, which is great. You do want to visualize that. Well, think about the success maybe after winning a, a competition, but a lot of times they don't visualize that adversity during the competition. How am I going to recover when things usually, you know, inevitably don't go your way? Yep. And, yeah. And also we'll tell them, you know, visualizing before the competition, what they're going to look like, what they're going to feel like. So this way they've thought about the whole process as opposed to maybe just dominating and winning. Yep. That's great. And also, I really like what you said about focusing on their strengths and how important it is for them to be aware of what they do well. I'm sure you're, you see, and a lot of coaches see, especially competitive place like Dartmouth, academically and athletically, students, student athletes that are hypercritical, they know what they need to work on, but how important it is it to focus on what you're doing well so you have that confidence. Uh, and I, I, you know, that's really, it's also really important in the classroom. You know, certainly competitive, competitive kids, if things aren't going great in the classroom, probably not going to go great on the athletic field. It's, it's super hard to separate those two things. Um, you know, in, in general, I, I think so many kids when they, you know, come into a, a, a very high level school like Dartmouth, they're thinking, hey, I'm the worst student here. You know, everybody's so much smarter than me. And 
you, you just say, you take a step back and, you know, how did you get here? What made you successful in high school? How did you study? What, what did you do? Okay. And, you know, nine times out of 10, that's going to that's gonna work out and, and they're going to be successful in, in school and college. Um, you know, certain tweaks need to be made. You know, I, I think from an academic standpoint, high school, you can get away with memorization a little bit more um, versus you know, critical thinking. Um, so, but they, they end up doing pretty well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a big challenge. How to, and what are some of the other maybe mental struggles they have coming into college, maybe from an athletic point of view? Um, feeling like they belong. I, I, th I think that's, that's the, the hardest part for kids is they're in a completely new environment. They're facing, you know, new, new coaching staff, uh, new teammates in, in a sport. In a sport like tennis, um, you're practicing as a team for the first time. You know, 90%, 95% of the kids haven't played a team sport. Now you're asking them to practice as a team, play as a team. Um, that, that sometimes can be a, a, a tough, tough thing. Um, so, you know, that, that then sh gets to confidence. You know, coach, you know, they're, they're being coached a little bit differently in college. Um, in, in, in junior tennis, um, there, is, there is one big difference is the coach is the employee of the student. And that's not, that's not the case anymore in college tennis. So there's a little bit more give and take where you know sometimes the players' feet can be held to the fire a little bit, and they're like, well, "I've never been told that." You know, oh, you know, coach must hate me, and confidence starts to go a little bit. Yeah, that's that's important. So just being able to adapt, and it's good that the student athletes are aware of that going in, so maybe they can mentally prepare for it, like you said, you know, visualizing for that and being ready for. You know the college experience academically and athletically. Yeah. Another question I had for you: What are some of your coaching philosophies or team principles that you try to pass on? I know we hit on a few of them kind of already. Um, you know, I think the the big the big philosophy from a technique standpoint is working on strengths, knowing what their strengths are, um, beginning to explain to them how to get to their strengths so how to how to cover up their weaknesses um the, that that's a super important thing from a team standpoint i would say the number one thing and we're, we're doing our end of season meetings now and one of the girls I, i'm gonna i'm gonna quote her because she was she's a senior and she really got it is Love each other off the court, beat each other on the court. Um, and I, I thought that was, I thought that was perfect. Um, and those two things go hand in hand uh, on a tennis team. The, the more you can compete with your teammates, 
and push each other to get better, the better you're going to get. Um, the only way you can do that is to, to, to be able to love and respect each other off the court. Um, and and there, there's no doubt those, that's, that's our big philosophy is like, we're going we're gonna to create this environment of whether you want to call it family, whether you want to call it respect, whether it's you know, great cohesion, but that's, that has to come, I would say, first before you can create that environment of, wow, we're going we're gonna to compete and really go after each other. Um, and, and that's always, always a, a tough balance. I was going to ask that about, is it hard for some of the athletes to be able to flip that switch and, and go into that competitive mode? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it, it just, there's, there's certain players who can never get, can never get there. Um, they, they struggle with that. I know back way back at the start of my coaching career, I had a, a young man in four years, he never won a practice set. However, he graduated from, from the school as the winningest player in the history of the program. Wow. So he was a great match day player. And, and we talked about it because I just can't wrap my head around sort of wanting to beat my teammates. Um, and what it takes me to get into that mindset of, you know, what it takes to, to, for me to, to really be there. Um, so, I mean, he, he obviously was an extreme example. Um, you know, I've certainly had other players who were, were more in between, you know, who were able to, who were able to get there, but yeah, it's a tough balance. It's a tough balance. Um, yeah, that's it is it is, and we hear a lot of times coaches and parents saying their their kids just don't have that killer instinct while they're competing. So yep. that was something we had to go back to the drawing board a little bit. I never remember seeing this in any kind of sports psychology books, but developing an aggressiveness series of building almost a competitive alter ego. So when you step out there on the court, you could enter, you could be basically a different personality than maybe your normal relaxed, um, easygoing, too nice, too friendly, you're able to flip the switch a little bit, step into character. Right. Yeah, that's, and that's a, a hard, hard piece to get. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about Dartmouth and tennis. What, what, what makes the, the Dartmouth tennis experience unique? Sets you apart from other teams. Um, I, I would say number one that's, uh, is Dartmouth itself. Um, you, you know, we're, we're 4,100 students. We are in a, you know, a smaller college town. Um, so basically the, the people that are there are somehow involved with Dartmouth. So there's a, a, a real sense of a community. There's a real sense right away when you step on the campus as an athlete that you're playing for something bigger than yourself. Um, there's that sense of, 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 hey, I'm bleeding green is what, you know, what the, the students talk about all the time. Um, and that's, that's something that's, that sets us apart. Um, and then 
I think the other thing that sets us apart a, uh, a little bit is the type of the type of students that we're able to attract. Their expectation is to do well in the classroom. Their expectation is to do well athletically, and they want to then be pushed. Um, you, you know, there's there's not a lot of sense when you're working with these students of you really need to to get get on their butt to to work harder. It's laying it out there and saying, okay, this is what you need to do to be successful. And most of the time, they're going to follow that blueprint because they've been successful. Yeah, that's one of the things I saw too at the University of Pennsylvania, my alma mater. You, you have these high high level achievers academically and athletically. Personal responsibility was not an issue, really. Right. What I tended to see, and I'd be interested to get your feedback, was a lot of times maybe too perfectionistic and overthinking, maybe sometimes being too cerebral. Do you see that? Sure. Sure. I, I, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's definitely that fear um, where in the classroom you can really control everything. You, you have that pathway where you check all the boxes. Most of the time you're going to be successful in the classroom. Being successful is measured with what your grade is. Okay. Athletically, the, the fear that comes into place is you can check all the boxes. You can train the right way. You can sleep. You can eat. You can do everything right, and you don't get the result. You don't get, you know, whether it's winning the match, whether it's getting playing time, because that stuff is out is outside of your control. Because your opponents are are attempting to do the same thing, and there is that that win lose, um, and that's the, you know that's where we, again we'll work with the players to say it's the process of doing things and doing things the right way. You can't you can't control the result. You can control your effort. You can control your attitude. The result is really kind of out, outside of your control. Um, so, Yeah, and it's a lot of times hard for high achievers to let go of that result. Yep. Yeah, yep. And that's, why, that's the reason why we developed that whole predator mindset, meaning you're focusing on your effort, attitude, aggressiveness, as yep. opposed to a prey men mentality where you're focused on everything going on around you. Those eyes on the side like to hide, but those eyes on the front like to hunt. So it just makes it, a little bit more concrete or a little bit, maybe it, it gets the imagination fired up where they understand that. But yeah, I, I really like what you said there. Um, makes, makes a lot of sense that you can never guarantee success, but you just raise their chances. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, coach. Excellent. So tell us a little bit more, where can people find more information about Dartmouth tennis, social media pages, um, websites, where can we send people? How do we get people over to you? <laughs> All of the above, you know, start with Dartmouth sports. You know, you can follow us on Instagram. You can, you can follow our Twitter feed. Um, you know, it, it's, it's all there. So we have a, we have a pretty good social media presence um, sort of shows that you know, Dartmouth's a pretty fun place. Um, so, Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Coach. I really love the insight you shared. I hope everyone who watches this is sitting there with a pen and paper taking notes because you gave a lot of great gold nuggets of information. I hope that um, 
everyone capitalizes. Thank you for your time. All right, Gene. Enjoy your day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. And that is a wrap from today's podcast. I'm Gene Zanetti from Winning Mindset. Make sure you guys go to our website. Make sure you go to zwinningmindset.com. Make sure you buy the book. The ebook is great. Excellent information represents some of the great information that we've learned from top athletes working with some of the top teams and individuals all across the country. Go to our website, zwinningmindset.com. Make sure you get the ebook. Also, make sure as an individual you sign up for the one on one free trial consultation. That's the one on one free trial consultation with one of our mindset coaches. The best results always come from one on one attention, whether it's strength training, whether it's technique or whether it's mindset. One-on-one is always the best. Thanks for staying with us. Make sure you join us next time for the next episode. Mindset makes the difference. Have a great day.